Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing what you're discussing. It's feedback time, boys and girls. All that and more right after this ad we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And uh, joining us in uh, taking care of the chat is the lovely Ashley Coffin. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good, producer Ashley. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, and uh, we're gonna today. We're just handling feedback because there's been so much news, so much going on that we have not had time to talk about all the feedback that has been coming in. And today we're not gonna have time to get to all of it, but we're gonna do we're what gonna we try. can. So, uh, Jeff, <laughs> just let's jump in. What do we got? Right. Feedback. Tom Fitzgerald <laughs> says, "Hi, Matt, Jeff, and Ashley. What? Here's a question. I'm sure will be divisive. Hey, boy. Hey." <laughs> do you think that Disney is gearing up to have Marvel and Star Wars be in the same universe? They own both properties, and I see no reason why they couldn't be in the same universe. And discuss. Thanks for the great work you guys do. P.S. I think Black Panther should be played by Denzel Washington's son. I forget his name. The guy from Ballers and Black Klansmen, not as T'Challa, but as a new character. He has the charisma, intensity, and physical build to be great. I, I he is a great actor. That is John David Washington. John David Washington. He's yeah. wonderful. Absolutely He's wonderful. He's in Tenet, right? Yes, main character in Tenet, and he was freaking awesome. So and Black Klansman was like the best. Yeah, Black Klansman is great. I've seen all the episodes of Ballers as well. Um, <laughs> I I really like that show, and I think he's great on it. Um, yeah, really wonderful. Definitely got the physicality for it. And uh, yeah, I'm d- I'm down with him being anywhere he wants to be in the MCU, really. But yeah, I could totally see him taking up the Get mantle. Man. I don't know mm-hmm. what character he'd be because again, he'd be have to be a new, probably a new whole cloth character. Yeah, and they said they're not going to recast T'Challa at yeah, all. So they have to, you know, find someone else to take up the mantle. Maybe there's someone who came in the five years and took up the mantle, or like took up some responsibilities that, uh, you know, when he comes back or when we come back to see what Wakanda's like, he'll have uh, made a name for himself or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they start a democracy instead of a trial by combat because (laughs) (laughs) or like a voting system. Yeah. I do think that might be smart. Yeah. Just for this, you know, situation. President of Wakanda. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Main question here though, Tom had, do we think that Marvel is setting up Marvel and Star Wars to be in the same universe? Jeff, what's Uh, They already are. Oh yeah, just a long time yeah, ago. Well, far, yeah, Star far Wars away. is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like, yeah, well, there's no conflict it's, there. It's whatever. It's just no. the past. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the past. In answer to his question, I don't think they're ever going to cross them over. Um, although, the more we get into multiverse stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it's absolutely possible. We've got multi. We're about to have multiverse and time travel. So, yeah, whatever. We they maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Why not? <laughs> I don't think they're planning to do that, but it, you know, could be. Nah, it it seems a little ridiculous to to cross over Marvel and Star Wars. Um, yeah, I, there's just not any there's not any precedent for it, and there's no reason oh, to cross I, the I stories. Bet over. There's a comic book where uh, nah, I, oh, no I I bet there is. I know there's Star Trek there meets the X Men. Yeah, there um, is. There's absolutely Star Trek meets the X-Men. There's like Ninja Turtles meets the X-Men. They do all kinds of stuff in comics. So it would not surprise me if there's somewhere a Star Wars X-Men or Star Wars Marvel crossover. There's got to okay. be. There's just got to be. <clears throat> there's just got to be. Are you checking it out? Or are you looking it up? 
No, I'm looking at the next feedback. We don't have time for this, okay, Matt. Okay, you do that. You d- read the next feedback. I'll, I'll, I'll see if there's a Star Wars uh, Marvel comic. Ashley's job. <laughs> I'll do it while I'm on mute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Producer Ashley. Uh, Dylan Bruce Hunsinger says, Matt and Jeff, Marvel just took my heart out and injected adrenaline into it and put it back in my chest. I am absolutely dumbfounded by the amount of things that were announced. Hype overload, all caps. I'm especially excited about Fantastic Four, directed by John Watts. So obviously John Krasinski and Emily Blunder, the big names, would be perfect and are the pipe dream for Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman. But if Marvel were were to go a younger direction, what about Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone? Andrew has the look and can definitely play the wise guy, smartest person in the room a-hole. And Emma Stone has shown that she is more than just a recycled rom-com actress. Not to mention that their chemistry in the Amazing Spider-Man series was one of the few bright spots. Uh, I know it's rumored that they'll be in the Spider-Man 3 movie, but what if that's just a major troll job by Marvel? Make everyone think it's cool guy Peter and Gwen Stacy, and then they go see the movie and boom, it's a Fantastic Four. It's been planted. The seed's there. Mm. I know it's unlikely, but dang, that would be fun to see. Keep up the great work and good luck managing this mega dump of content. Love you 300. Until next time. <laughs> I love the love you 300s. I love it. First off, let me just bring into the into the ch- live chat here and let everyone see this cover of Spider-Man versus Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> that that we have here, this comic book from it looks like probably the 80s or 90s. Um, so, yes, there have been crossovers. There is precedent. Okay. There is yeah, there's technically no like real crossover. Um, I, I gave it a, a deep goog when I used a bunch of different words and there's like there hasn't been a significant crossover between the universes. But apparently Marvel produces Star Wars comics. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's about it. All I'm saying is Spider-Man versus Darth Vader exists. There is precedent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, there's not any major precedent. Clearly, there's all kinds of what ifs in the world. And this is one of those. Okay, but to get to Dylan's question, I think that they they are both great actor and actor and actress. They do fit the roles well, but I can't imagine them putting them in those roles. I don't know. I, I, I think that they're going to go a little older, but I may be wrong, but I think they're going to go a little older for uh, Reed Richards. Yeah. I don't think that Andrew Garfield's really got the, um, the, the gravitas, the presence that Reed Richards requires, but he, I, he could be a really good Johnny storm. He could be a really good Johnny storm. I agree with that. Um, no. I, I don't know if he's, you don't think so? No, I need my Johnny storm to be like, he wouldn't look good blonde. I know he doesn't have to be blonde, but Johnny Storm has that like, hey, that personality, that over the top and that confidence. And I just don't think Andrew Garfield has that. Mm, I think he really? does. That's like, that's, that's totally the way he played Spider-Man. Yeah. But, but like, well, not the, not the way he played Peter Parker, but the right. way he played Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, Johnny Storm doesn't wear a mask, so no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're not saying that Spider-Man from The Amazing Spider-Man has to be <laughs> removed from there and put in as, as Johnny Storm, but that would be hilarious. Like, blonde wig on the Spider-Man mask. Producer Ash is not on board, so I guess the answer is no. We, don't, we can't see this, Dylan. No, I, I, I can see it, uh, them, the actors doing a good job, but I don't think they're going to go that way. I, I also think that if, if they're going to connect that strongly to the previous Spider-Man, 
man movies, I think they're going to just bring them in because I think that's what will get the most butts in seats. And I think it'll be the most interesting. Um, I think they've already played a duo in a superhero movie. I think it'd be kind of weird to just recast. It'd be that sort of referential weird. Yeah. That like, like isn't always wonderful. I don't know. It, it would be really off putting. I think. I think so too. I don't really know why exactly. It just feels like I don't like it. It feels like it would be hard for them to, for me to ever look at the movie and go, you get it. It's a reference to the Spider-Man three movie. And I need to look at fantastic four and believe in them as like their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me really wants them to use a bunch of new, fresh, just I'm so into big studios, giving people like chances or finding, you know, those special somebodies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like the way that they're doing that for Miss um, Marvel. Yeah, and even with like Gal Gadot, like I know she was in a couple movies, but yeah, they're pulling just, someone she from had been in- relative obscurity and making them the lead of a Marvel movie is huge. It's hard because you got to trust that person, but Marvel has it at this point; they can put anyone in a role and get the butts in seats. And now it's just a matter of get results. Yeah, now it's just a matter of getting the right person with the right chops to really. inhabit these characters in a way that makes us really want to keep watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of also feel like Marvel has Marvel's got the pick of the litter, so to speak. They've got, they can choose any freaking person they want at all. Kind of. They still have a a big Hollywood contingent that is like, Oh, those Marvel movies aren't real movies. They're not real films. Yeah. yeah. But like what I, what I mean is like when they have the, you know, they have the relative unknowns, like all of the, all of these relative unknowns are like clamoring to be in a Marvel movie. For sure. You don't have to get these, these big, you know, you don't have to get your Robert De Niro's or whatever to, to agree that Marvel projects are real movies. When you've got this like slew of people who are just like, please let me put my name attached to Marvel. I would just want to be in a Marvel movie. Yeah. And if they're a good actor, they can, you know, they've just got like, sure. You know, if all thousand of you come at me and tell me what you you know, why should I pick you? Yeah, absolutely. Have you um have you seen the uh the Vegas uh casting odds for Fantastic Four? Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I know have. you have, Ashley. <laughs> I have a little bit. Uh what's notable about them? No, I just I, I wanted to to bring them up in that there's a bunch of names on each of the um on each of the things and uh, I wanted to look at Human Torch because Ashley said she doesn't like uh, she doesn't like Andrew Garfield for Garfunkel. <laughs> she doesn't like Andrew Garfunkel uh, for Human Torch. But what about uh, let's pick a name? Dak- Daker, Dakery Mon- Montgomery. Is that that guy from the Elton John movie? Uh, no, that was Taron Egerton. He's slightly higher the on the list. Okay. Uh, Dakery Montgomery was in. He was in the the. Power Rangers movie as Jason. Didn't see. He was also Stranger Things. Oh, who's the on Stranger Things? Oh, the brother or the the older brother? The, the pale older one. Brother of, he's the older brother of the girl from California who got um, oh died in the most recent one. He was the bad guy. Weird. Tell me, say the name again. Daker Montgomery or Dacre Montgomery. It's not a real name. They want him for Johnny Storm? Uh, he is at a plus 700 oh. odds. Oh, I definitely see that. Interesting. He was like the bully. 
Yeah, no, I know who he is. I, yeah, yeah, I, I the boy him. brother. I just putting it together for my. Um, and also, boop, 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 that Spider Man vs. Darth Vader thing is not real. That comic. Oh, really? It's not a real comic? Yeah, it's Get from ranked. a site called um, Super Team Family, and they are a Dang. Patreon that started in 2013. Um, and that it was also, there is another podcast called, like, um, it's not what if, but it's something like that. Who would win? And that, if you look at it, they did that a couple times, like Spider-Man versus Darth Vader with different hosts. So that comes up a lot, but this is not a thing. Okay. Yeah, that not. one had a DC logo at the top too. Yeah. But if you see, it says super team family presents, I'll send you the link. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So the comic didn't exist or it wasn't. Uh-uh. Okay. So it's just a, just an image on the online. Okay. My bad. Yeah, this is the greatest team ups that never happened, but should have. We we post a new cover po- pics poster every single day. Oh, okay. Boo. Very very good. Um, they did a good job making it look believable. Yeah, they did. They did. So back to Human Torch, right? Sorry. Still <laughs> my badoop job. No, yeah, it's thank okay. you. Thank you for correct the uh, real time corrections. Probably everyone who wanted to correct us was already has already written in though. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. It's Don't too put late. a computer in front of me. I will look things up. No, we, 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 it's good. It's great. <laughs> so the the top two people that are I guess tied for odds to play Human Torch um, are Zach Efron, which I don't really like. I don't like. <laughs> Um, and Anthony Ramos. Don't know who that is. He was in the Broadway musical Hamilton as John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton. Okay. Oh, he was in A Star is Born. Was he? Yeah, he was Gaga's friend. Okay. 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 I don't remember him from that. And I don't, I, I've seen him as, uh, as Philip, uh, but hmm. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and um, behind those two, you've got Riz Ahmed and then Taron Egerton. Riz Ahmed and feels old for that role. Does he? Doesn't he? Does he? I don't know. He's 38. Yeah, I think of Johnny Storm as old as younger, but maybe. And also, he's already he's already in the uh, Venom verse. Yeah, oh, that guy. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's already the villain in vil- Venom. I'm seeing a picture of him with blonde hair and I don't love Yeah, it. yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. He's got yeah. a, he's got blonde hair at Comic-Con and I'm like, I don't know. Mm. That kind of Yeah, it kind of works. I, I don't mm. know if they'd make him blonde for that role or not. And he he assumes Sue Storm's brother, so I guess they kind of unless they're going to say they're adopted, they got to stick with the same nationalities for Sue Storm and Johnny Storm, right? Well, sure. That'll I mean, they open could, they things could, up a lot. They, could, they did not in the most recent Fantastic Four. They could, they could really do anything they want with nationality. They, did they? I, I, that, I try to pretend that movie doesn't exist. Yeah, um, uh, Johnny Storm <laughs> was adopted. I, I, I guess I don't remember. Okay, <laughs> I'm, ass, I'm assuming because they were they were of different races and they were supposed to be Johnny and Sue Storm. Yeah, I don't know who this. Lady is Lily James. Let's uh, let's let's uh, okay. This is going to take a really long time if we go through all these. So no, no, throw at us if you want. Throw us the first top two of each one, and we'll talk about them and see. So so that's that's for that's for Johnny Storm. What's the top two on in on the uh, Sue? On Sue Storm, we have Emily Blunt, obvious winner. That thing and Lily James. 
Lily James. Ooh, I love her. I what think is she she's, from? She was in Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, Baby Driver. Uh, she was Cinderella in Cinderella. Oh, I do yeah. like her a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was Deborah in Baby Driver. Cool, cool, I think cool. she's dating Chris Evans or so they, the rumor mill says. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh, lucky So gal. we don't like her is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I'm not jealous of other women's success. Yeah. I, I'm like, good, good for you, girl. <laughs> okay. So uh, what do we got for Reed Richards? For Reed Richards, we have... John Krasinski, of course, at I'd love plus it. 225, which is amazing. Uh, but also John David Washington is at plus 400. Interesting. 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 Uh, we just spoke about him for a uh, possible T'Challa replacement. Uh, I, yeah, I love him as an actor and him mm-hmm. as a uh, read. I, I could see it. He has a really like kind of asshole demeanor sometimes. Like I can yeah, really he I could, get it. He could do a Johnny Storm. Yeah. Oh, no, we're talking about... um. Reed Richards. I know, but I, I'm also casting him for both. Yeah, he could he could do Johnny Storm as well. <laughs> like, I'm putting him wherever the fuck I want. <laughs> Language. Sorry. Is Gale on? Is Gale Force <laughs> one in, in the chat? Who else is in there? Who's The Thing? The Thing. The Thing, yeah. Ben Grimm. Top two names for uh, The Thing are uh, Stephen Graham. Okay. Who... Like, I, I didn't know who he was until I looked at his picture and I was like, oh, I recognize him from uh, from Snatch and from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. OK. And then Dean Norris. Dean Norris. Who was Hank Schrader in oh, Breaking yes. Bad. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Sorry, I just... That's the stupidest thought. Okay. <laughs> Dean Norris as the thing, just being like, Jesus, Marie, it's minerals. <laughs> uh, that is so very funny. Stupid. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, is there any other fan castings in the Fantastic Four or the uh, the odds castings we should we should touch on? Doom, I'm guessing, uh, is in there. Yeah, Doom is the the other one. And I really like. Okay, I really like the whole list because Giancarlo Esposito is in there. Yeah, Giancarlo Esposito would be awesome. Mm. Cillian Murphy is in there. Ooh. He has my vote. I like Cillian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Tied with him is Michael Fassbender. Oh, I love both of them so much. It could be great. Tied with them is Viggo Mortensen. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Oscar Isaac is in there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-mm. Christoph Waltz is in there. He's so short. This <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He would be. He'd be yeah. He presence, would be though. phenomenal as Doctor Doom. And um, the other, the last one that I really, really, really like is Nicolaj Costa-Waldo. Nikki, or or Jamie Lannister? Jamie Lannister, yeah. Oh, I can see him as a doom. Yeah. I wish that Adam Driver and Fassbender were not in Star Wars and those X-Men movies because either one of those I think would be a perfect doom. I think Adam Driver would have done really well, but I think he's traumatized. I think Adam Driver's a great call for doom. Honestly. His voice. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. He might be a bit young, though. It depends on what, how old they go with all this cast. Mm-hmm. 
That's fair. That's fair. With Adam Driver, he has to get rid of the stink of being the like emo kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like he he left off from girls and he's the emo kid, right? And mm-hmm. then you get into Star Wars and it's like, okay, he's going to be this badass dark Sith. And then he still kind of had this emo vibe. And like, mm-hmm. I don't think he's shaken that yet. Um, and right. so for him to be doomed, he'd have to actually be menacing and not just sound menacing. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I'd well, like to see it. We have gone really deep on this and we were supposed Sorry. to be doing a feedback episode and now we're not going to make it through anybody's feedback. So let's get back to the <laughs> feedback. Is this was a 20 minute derailment. Uh, Sorry. No, it's okay. Jesus, Marie, it's minerals. <laughs> yeah, it was all worth it for the Jesus, Marie, it's minerals. Uh, what does Andre Sparks have to say? He says, hey guys, well, after Disney Investor Day, it's confirmed they won't recast Black Panther 2. Notice how they said Black Panther 2 only. So maybe this movie will be about what happened while T'Challa was snapped, and then Black Panther 3 will be about his return. So then we get five years before the recast. I, I really want to see T'Challa's story continue. You guys think that plan could work? Interesting. I, I don't remember them specifically using that wording. Maybe you're right uh, when they said it, but I think that it would be a bit of a bait and switch for them to say, we're not going to recast T'Challa. And then, yeah, that'd be a real shit thing to do. And then recast T'Challa three years later or whatever. That would be a little weird, but I feel like them saying they're not going to recast T'Challa is them saying T'Challa will not be recast ever. Yeah, but like, we're done. I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to the actual wording, though. Uh, I, but I take I take what you're saying, Andre, at, uh, as 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 possible. I I don't know. I'm I I obviously liked the character of T'Challa a lot, but I'm okay with them coming up with a new one who can maybe bring even a new light to this whole thing. He says we will not recast the character to honor the legacy that had Ch- that Chad helped build. We will not recast the character, but we still want to explore the world. So it sounds a lot like they're just they're It's full stop. They're not recasting T'Challa. Yeah. And that Black mm-hmm. Panther 2 is coming, but they're not recasting T'Challa, period. Uh, I think yeah. that's, right. that's and how that I doesn't it. mean there's not going to be a Black Panther. They're just not recasting the character of T'Challa. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Which is sad because he was so good. Mm. And important to the comics and, and an interesting T'Challa character. has such a history. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Damn it. It's a real bummer. But... Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think they're going to recast it based Fuck on that cancer. Exact thing. Fuck cancer. I was going to say, it, you Fuck said it for cancer. me. We, we normally try to keep our language to like one or one or so fucks per episode, but like a PG 13 movie. Yeah. Oh, we owe them a couple thousand. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have it. <laughs> All right. Let's hit that next feedback. JCJ says, hey guys, I always love what you both do, and I'm venturing into the other casts on the Stranded Panda Network, and they're just as amazing. Hey, thank you, JCJ. I'm now blowing up my friends' inboxes with episodes from all the shows now, and I'm sure they haven't blocked me yet. <laughs> I, uh, I, just, I just had a random thought on my commute home on the train. Let me, before, you get to, before you get to this thought, let's, uh, let's just say... Thank you, JCJ, for uh, throwing out the cast in people's inboxes. And I, I really think uh, J. Scotty St. Clair, who's been guesting over on Bingers, also mentioned this, that like now that we're on video, it's a lot easier to share with their friends. So now that we're at yeah. YouTube.com slash Panda, you can actually just share a video with your friends. So if you like an episode of the podcast, you just go over there, 
drop it in. And, uh, that's, that's really fun and exciting. And, uh, it, you know, we've been trying to grow this show for a long, long time, but it's kind of just grown organically. Uh, and it's thank you so much, JCJ and for Jay Scotty and all the other folks who've been sharing the show. It really is helping out a lot. So thanks. Yeah. Thank you for blowing your friends up. Yes. I'm thank you sure. for annoying the shit out of them with stranded panda content. <laughs> really need you more know, of that. It's good discussion that they need to be a part of, obviously, and we know they're going to love it. So, really, it's a public service we're, that, he, we're that not JCJ's to say, doing. We're not allowed to say any of that, uh, they, but thank you guys for saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thank can't do you. it, but thank you guys for doing it. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of work, and it's good to know people, you know, that people like, love it. They really it's like me. so rewarding. Yeah, no, thank, thank you guys for sharing, for real. That means a lot. Yes, thank you. Uh, so JCJ also says, since Daredevil only just went back to Marvel and we won't see Matt Murdock help Peter Parker clear his name as Spider-Man slash Mysterio's killer, what if we have Mysterio as the one bringing various villains from the Spider-Verse who have gotten close to killing their Spider-Man on their solo outing, but hopes that as a group they can kill Tom Holland's Spider-Man since he's the only witness to Mysterio's crimes, which in turn brings Andrew and Toby into the MCU and we see that story play out but it ends with one of them coming out uh, or being outed as Spider-Man to clear Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Kind of like how Superman would dress as Batman when Bruce Wayne was at risk of being revealed. Thank you both again for the amazing content and the company on these train rides home. Hmm. Uh, so the theory is that Mysterio, like the group that is still Mysterio, it uses other kind of brings together your group to try to kill Peter Parker. Yeah, they like they create the Sinister Six, basically. Yeah. Blah. The Sinister Six. Words are hard. <laughs> yeah, right. It seemed like uh I don't know that group necessarily has a real problem with Peter Parker. Um I guess except you, you mentioned he's the only uh witness. I don't know. I feel like all of London is a witness now because they all saw the <laughs> those those machines breaking down. So now it seems like they don't really ha- I, I if it was still the same guy. Uh, Quentin Beckett or whatever. Like I could see that he would be have a have a beef, but I feel like this group of people doesn't really have a beef with Peter Parker. At least not <laughs> to the to the level. Mm-hmm. I feel like Scorpion is more likely, or uh, Vulture. 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 You know, the Vulture defended him in the end. You know. Well, I, I don't think that he really defended him. I just think that he he held on to that secret because he wants to be the one to do it. Oh, I don't agree. I don't agree at all. Mm, I didn't get that. No, okay. he 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 defended him. He saved his life because they're like, "Do you know who Peter Parker is?" And he says, "No, I don't," because um, Peter, you know, uh, saved his life. He saved his daughter, uh, or he cared about his daughter, and then he saved his life at the end um, instead I of letting him, him die. One. Like he gave him that one because he saved his family, but that's probably going to be about all the uh, leniency he gives him. Hmm. I don't know. We've talked a lot about that. And I think, I think I could totally see tombs being the guy who's like in the sinister six. And then in the end ends up turning on them to save Peter. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think he's a great, he's a great character and a great actor. And I, yeah. I totally could see him being the Loki. Uh, another, we talked about who's going to be the Loki of the next phase like he could be that he could be a loki oh god mm. i need more i need more of that adrian tombs he's gonna be a morbius right i wonder how that's all gonna work yeah he showed up in the morbius trailer mm-hmm. 
Which we haven't seen any of lately. We are all wondering what that's going to be like. Uh, how these Sony-based movies where Marvel has no creative control. like It's just up in the air. It could be amazing. They could make an amazing movie. But so far... They could make an amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> they, they have, in fact, made an amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Two it was of all them. them. <laughs> all them. <laughs> Sony's Marvel's amazing mm-hmm. I just I really want to see them make a superior Spider-Man. Ooh. Spider-Man Superior. What's up, what's up next in the in this feedback? Daydream Cole says, I'm sure multiple people have sent you news on this, but in case no one has yet, Disney is raising the price of Disney Plus by a, a dollar a month starting in March 2021. And the question that Daydream says is, does this begin the price hikes or is it justified for the amount of content being released? Thinking face. Both of those things is true. Like, yeah, this is the beginning of the price hikes. Uh, but yes, it's all, I mean, not even the beginning. It's, they've been price hiking since, since they started, like they started with this crazy good deal where it was like a hundred dollars for three years or whatever. And then yeah, now then they price hiked it to normal price and now they're going up a little more and they're going to, they're going to keep going up and they're going to, as long as they keep making the content as essential to my life as there, there have been, uh, <laughs> I will probably keep paying it. Uh, unfortunately, as long- as long as the the content existing justifies my existence on Earth, it's fine. <laughs> I gotta stick around. There's another season of uh, you know, Loki coming out. <laughs> I got six Marvel properties coming out on Disney Plus. Yeah. I gotta hang out for a minute. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The <laughs> how could I die? I don't know what Loki is gonna get up to next. Yeah, I haven't seen Lady Loki play out. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, Emily Sissel says, been listening to your cast on all the new stuff coming up, and the biggest thing my boyfriend and I want to see is Justin Hammer being a big part of Armor Wars. Sam Rockwell crushed that character, and I think that they could do great things with the character. A hundred percent. I concur. Yes. Sam Rockwell is amazing. I and love watching him so much. Him like, especially after he got to to mess with a suit in Iron Man 2 mm-hmm. and, and you know, do all of that. Like, he's been in prison for a while. He probably is out by now. Yeah, it's all, like, white-collar crime stuff, and there's no... Yeah. Is he probably getting out soon? Yeah, yeah, he, he's probably getting out soon. But he could have also been doing the Wilson Fisk thing and funding different people from within, uh, you know, like, working it all out while in prison. And... I really think that, you know, now that Stark is gone, Sam Rockwell, uh, Justin Hammer probably really thinks that he has a chance to, you know, step up as the armor guy. Yeah. And and, you know, do that that thing. And I really want to see Rhodey compete against all that. Absolutely. If they're bringing back Tim Roth for She-Hulk, they should absolutely bring back um, Justin Hammer for um, and Sam Rockwell for uh, armor wars and probably iron heart like any of those iron man related stuff that they've got coming down the pike i would love to see sam rockwell come back for yes yeah 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 uh let's see next up iceman festive af (laughs) (laughs) says need more ash on these pods lol but you guys are great thank you for saying we're great but we agree with you ash Guys, I can't take it. We've gotten a lot of feedback saying how much you guys are loving uh, producer Ash's new role on the podcast. Uh, she's been with us for many months over on Trivia Night, 
and uh, done a lot of Bingers Assemble and Pandavision episodes. And having her here on Marvel's and Macuverse podcast has added a whole new dimension. And we thank you for being here, Ash. Thank you guys you, are Ash. just melting my icy heart. Like, <laughs> seriously, like I have all the feels every time I get those. You know, I'm very much a, a Barbara Minerva. So whenever someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, oh, oh, so really, thank you. You're a Diana in our hearts. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what any of those things mean. These are Wonder Woman jokes, you, you guys. Haven't, I haven't, haven't watched seen that. Wonder Woman yet. By the way, we we had we should probably mention we also covered Wonder Woman 1984 on Binger's Assemble mm-hmm. this week. Uh, Ash and Jay Scotty were the uh, <laughs> guest hosts, and it was awesome. Um, it was I'm a good one. Really excited that sh- that'll be live by the time this is live. So check it out. <laughs> Tuscan Radio says, "Here's a screenshot I got from the Loki trailer. I've been saying for a year that they could kill all the Avengers in this show and it wouldn't matter. It seems like they're doing exactly that. Drew and WandaVision uh, is supposed to I'm sorry. It seems like they're doing that Drew. And then a PS. And WandaVision is supposed to show the effects of the MCU on our world as in the universe that we live in." Huh. Interesting. I haven't. I had not heard that Wandavision was supposed to show the effects on our world. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I think know that's that, um, that might be some fan casting. Uh, but I think the the screenshot that Tuscan Radio sent was uh, of Loki in that ruined city, you know, with all the devastation around. And you can see Avengers Tower destroyed in the background. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's right. They that is super fun about this show that they could just kill off anyone and it looks like they're just going to do be doing multiple universes I, this is going to be like the year of multiple universes on yeah i was just thinking on that yeah because <laughs> we got wandavision probably being multiverse loki's probably multiverse loki's probably multiverse what if it has the potential to be multiverse i mean it is um, inherently multiverse yeah and then um Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness coming next year. Mm-hmm. The Spider-Man's possibly Spider-Man at the end connection. of the year is multiverse. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of multiverse stuff. <laughs> it's it happening. Seems. It's happening. How about that next one? Uh, Stephen Wayne says at MCU cast just before the release of Endgame, I had tweeted that the Avengers logo looked an awful lot like a four if you knocked one of those legs off. Either I can see the future or Kevin Feige must listen to your show, good sirs. <laughs> you may be right. We, we often suspect he might be there. Kevin, you're sus. I feel like we've we've covered that a lot. Kevin Feige definitely listens to us. And I'm <laughs> really wondering where my check is. Yeah, he's a $5 subscriber on Lady Pates. You guys didn't know on the Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> he keeps it undercover. I had not seen his name on that list. <laughs> oh, you, he wouldn't put his name. Oh, right, right. He's ghostwriting us. Yeah. You're welcome. Or allowing us to ghostwrite. Yeah. 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 Uh, ooh, this is a good one. Uh, William Colby Carter has some contention. Uh, Adam to you cast, what is your producer Ash on about? <laughs> Haley Steinfeld is pitch perfect casting. I have not been this excited for casting since Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Watch True Grit or Bumblebee. She is an Academy Award nominated actress, judging her based on Pitch Perfect 3, dot, dot, dot. It seems there's uh, some dissension there. Listen, mm. Nicolas Cage is an Academy Award winner. What does that say about him? <laughs> Listen, I knew I was going to get fan mail. It's, uh, is it her acting you like or her assets? Let's be clear. 
<laughs> so you're you're accusing William of Haley Steinfeld no. thirst. I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> so you could put Adam Driver in any one of these movies, and I'd be like, he can be the thing. He can be Johnny Storm. Can he just be everybody? I'm cool with that. No, no, because uh, he can be Sue Storm. He's my Sue Storm. We've already cast uh, our our everybody, and that's Bill Murray. Season one yeah. of the podcast, we had our the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Bill Murray. Uh, universe. <laughs> Season one of the podcast. Whatever that means. And, and I'm sorry, I didn't see Bumblebee. I don't like Michael Bay. Did yeah, Michael Bay, do that or Bay. Just produce it? Who knows? Uh, the Transformer movies, they're movies. It's know? all related I to Michael Bay. I didn't see that one. My, I, didn't, yeah. the, the, I will say uh, those movies hashtag are amazing from an action standpoint. Like the action is amazing. I like the Mark Wahlberg one. He's like, yo, dinosaur robot, what are you doing with my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> Put her down. I'm gonna call the police. I'm gonna call the cops. <laughs> I do. I do. I, those movies are amazing feats of action directing and like CGI, but they often lack in the character department. I will go into this with an extremely open mind for her, and um, I will give you my feedback because maybe you're right. Maybe she's gonna be great. Um, True Grit was fine, but when you're in a movie with uh, who was it? It was. Uh, Jeff Bridges and what, somebody else really famous. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but someone else really famous is in that movie. So when you get two really famous like actors, I would hope that this new younger actress would take something from that. And I think that was what she got nominated for, right? Probably could have been. Yeah. I don't know. So she was fine in that. Did she stand out um, too much for that because of the other people? No, I don't think so. But um, I didn't like Pitch Perfect too. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And I'm going to, I hope she's an amazing Kate Bishop and I can't wait to enjoy her body of work, specifically body. (laughs) Yeah. I I like that she had a a statement recently that came up in, you know, the news articles where uh, she has been diving into the comics uh, of Kate Bishop a whole lot and has promised that there will be a comics accurate representation of Kate Bishop on screen. That's right. I, I like that dedication. Yeah, yeah, I like absolutely. that the actor is saying they have anything to do with the writing. Yeah, right. He's <laughs> <laughs> really, really anti uh, Haley Steinfeld. No, uh, I wasn't trying to do that. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, what's, what's Beck got to say? Beck says, any Marvel nerds, if you're not already, get on the at MCU cast train because it is simply the best podcast out there for theories and just generally nerding out, especially this episode. Thanks for getting me through working from home, gents. Choo-choo. Thank you, Beck. Uh, that really means a lot to us. Uh, you, you rock for uh, sharing that on Twitter. Um, Look, more of the street team. I love it. Yeah, it really, like, we we built the show by just doing it for a really long time with no real attempt at growth. It just kind of <laughs> happened, and we really are so thankful for that. We were just like, let's talk on the internet, and then people will come, right? Yeah, sure. but this year with the pandemic, we've kind of had to turn our focus a lot more to this, and especially me, not our other jobs. And so it means a lot that you guys are out there sharing the show. Uh, it's helping us grow and helping us be able to do more of this and all of our other shows that we've started. Um, it really means the world. Thank you so much to Beck as well. Uh, Jethan Jacob came at us with, Hey guys, I was thinking about the Eternals movie and I was wondering whether you think the Eternals were affected by the snapping. I, uh, I don't think in the comics they were, but the MCU is never afraid to change things up. And if they were caught up in it, why do you think they didn't interfere when it happened? 
Stay safe and love you 300. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would think they would be. Uh, yeah, I would think they, they would be part of half of the universe. Yeah, um, they're just half the universe. They're part of the universe. They, they, yeah. they would also be snapped, as far as I would guess. I just, I don't know that... <sighs> Were they, uh, for lack of a better term, active at the time? Like, had they been activated? Are we going to get... We don't know. We have no idea what's been going on with them. Yeah, we don't know if they were if they were dormant. Uh, but Eternals. even so, they're still like the Eternals are just one of the three life forms that were left on Earth. It was like the Eternals, uh, the Deviants, and the humans. And yep. like, there's no real reason they are different. At least, as far as I understand it, they'd be like unaffected unless they just have some special power to avoid the power of Infinity Stones. But we haven't seen that yet. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I the mean, Celestials maybe I could see like the Celestials weren't affected maybe because they maybe are like a beyond or above the Infinity Stones but I feel like the, the Eternals would have been yeah I feel like the Celestials were probably um, involved in the creation of the Infinity Stones true of course or, or we saw potentially uh, we saw a Celestial using an Infinity Stone at one point um, yeah in Guardians of the Galaxy so like if they're using it and they're using it it's power like does that mean they're affected by it like i don't know maybe even the celestials were affected who knows could have been could have been yeah um no clue is the answer yeah no real clue but i i would like to see in the in eternals uh, it's so hard to not put the v on it uh, i'd like to see in eternals have the uh the characters interact with infinity stones in the past because you know they there's mm. like distant past that they they deal with a lot. Yeah, I'd like to see some of that action, especially with Thanos. Uh, possibly Thanos has his origins with the Eternals. Uh, Thanos, a young Thanos, has been rumored to appear possibly even in Eternals. So, oh. uh, if we got more of his backstory, like maybe he has an experience with an Infinity Stone earlier on that like clues him into their power and their usefulness. Like that could all be really kind of just fun fan service, interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I would like the the connection to the Infinity Stones to stay strictly fan servicey because, like, I don't know. I feel like the the Infinity Stones they've done it. They've done the thing. Yeah, the Infinity Stones are played out almost. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, let's move on from those. Yeah, and let's move on from that question. Let's get into the next thing. Riley A. Zielski says, "Hey, Matt and Jeff, first time writing in some feedback." This pertains to who will take up the mantle of the Black Panther after Chadwick Boseman's devastating passing. Personally, I don't think it'll be Shuri yet. I think M'Baku will be first. Seeing as though M'Baku survived the snap and Shuri Shuri and T'Challa didn't, the throne and mantle of the Black Panther were left open for five years. T'Challa trusted M'Baku and so did Nakia and Okoye, so that leads me to think that he stepped in for those five years. Uh, yes, I know, no heart-shaped herb, but hey, movie magic, waves fingers. I'm not sure that Shuri is ready to be the Black Panther, and maybe that's the storyline that the sequel will feature, though she will definitely uh, take up the mantle. Maybe at the end of the second movie or the third, those are my thoughts on it. But honestly, whatever they choose to do, I'm sure that it'll be great. What are yours? Best, Riley. Man, so this is a much longer conversation than we... Like uh, a quick answer. I like that. Like, I think all of your thoughts there, Riley, are very valid. Um, yeah, I've actually been putting uh, sort of storing up like a, a Black Panther replacement episode of feedback because there's been so many people writing in about it. Um, 
there's yeah i i don't know <laughs> i really don't know i think i could see like a story of like a young wakandan uh who uh who like during the five years comes up through the ranks of the whatever the wakandan society and like kind of comes out of nowhere and becomes the leader you know what i mean like i could see some story like that um sort of a throwing off the chains of the monarchy sort of deal um i don't know (laughs) I, i could see a lot of that being interesting it's like a, a, a Hamilton type story, except it's Wakanda. Uh, sure, sure. Like, or just a. I mean, I was more thinking Star Wars. You know, like you got the well, and then it ended up not being the case. Da, 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 but like uh, that—that's uh, second in the sequel trilogy where you Ryan Johnson one where you find out she's from, comes from nothing. You know, like yeah. that. That I I always think that's a powerful idea when you find out that like the character who is now needs to lead them comes from nothing. I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, could be, could be. Um, so it's just kind of there's just that's an off the wall theory that we could uh, throw in there with everything else. It's such a big discussion. Yeah, they could do anything. They could do anything. Uh, you know the the whole like casting thing. Like it's it's tough with with this character in particular because like you know looking in the past historically, Marvel has not been really afraid to recast. Like you know, Terrence Howard got tossed out in favor of Don Cheadle uh, for, for Rhodey after first Iron Man. Um, we had uh, Bruce Banner go from Edward Norton to Mark Ruffalo. Like they're, they're not, they haven't been afraid of it, but those, those characters in particular haven't really, I don't know. I don't know that I would necessarily say that they haven't mattered, but like, you know, the actor who plays those characters hasn't really been that important. And those particular characters haven't really been that important in like the public zeitgeist. You know? Sure, sure. The previous recastings weren't as culturally important and they also weren't as tragic. Right. It was all just business stuff. So there's just right. a lot of reasons why this one's a little different. Yeah. And and this one is uh, kind of soul crushing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 hard to think about for real. Uh, yeah. So it, that being said, I don't know that it's necessarily a, a discussion I, I like having, like, or or can even comprehend having. It's hard to get put into. In there. Yeah, yeah. We we we, we, we you know it's, we it's, for a while we were like let's give it a let's give it a beat. We don't want to like get yeah. into it just yet. But it's probably time to start having these discussions, and I'm fine with having them. It's just they're still hard. To, they're they're hard, and they're hard to like know. Uh, anything about like I don't know what they're gonna do. They could literally do anything. Um, we have a voicemail. Uh, you guys want to hear our voicemail? Yes. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Steel. I just uh, I enjoy first of all enjoy everything you do. First time calling in, but I love listening to you guys' podcasts as I'm out delivering packages and driving the big brown truck. But I'm listening to the What If trailer breakdown today, and. I heard you guys talk a couple times about we don't really know what Doctor Strange's what if is in the trailer. And it sparked this thought in my head that what if Doctor Strange is going down all these different timelines with all these what ifs, that he's trying to keep things together, and it kind of leads into Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Just a fun little thought. I don't know if it 
uh, matches up with any of the comics or anything like that. But I thought that was kind of a fun idea, like maybe leading up to Multiverse of Madness. I, just an idea, but would love to hear you guys talk about it and keep up the great work, guys. Love you and hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Thank you, Steel. Love you too. And yeah, uh, that is a cool theory. I don't know what where what if falls in timeline, like release with uh, the other stuff. Um, but I, it's that definitely seems like it could be a thing, right? Yeah, I don't know where it is in the like in the canon timeline. Like, obviously, we're getting it in in uh, summer. That's when what what if comes in summer? Yeah, it comes in summer, but we don't know like where it falls within the the canon. Oh, yeah, I'm in release. When does Multiverse of Madness come out? Uh, Multiverse of Madness comes out 2022. Yeah, I love that you have this in our doc now. It's like in our in our <laughs> doc all the all the release dates because we need a we're gonna need to constantly reference it at this point. Yeah, uh, we really need to make like uh, a graphic that we just like a calendar that we have up uh, above our computers. Yeah, just put it on the wall. Look up and be like, oh yeah, it's right there. Yeah, oh, that <laughs> one. Yeah, that's coming soon. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So I think this is a really cool idea, Steel. Thanks for uh, calling in. Uh, it absolutely makes sense. I don't know that that's what they're doing with what if, because they've already got the watcher who is going to be like, what telling these stories. So I don't know that they're going to put a connective thread through them, but if they were going to, this would be a really cool one where Dr. Strange could const- could be like trying to fix each of the stories in itself. But I think they're trying more for an anthology type thing where like Uatu is just like the, the crypt keeper of the, of this <laughs> version of reality. Yeah. Um, I really think that that fight between the two Dr. Stranges is mm-hmm. potentially a thing for, um, you know, leading us to multiverse. Um, okay. Yeah. Especially I, if he like meets up, <clears throat> meets up with that Dr. Strange or like that. If that, if one of those two Dr. Stranges is our Dr. Strange, that would yeah. be really interesting. Right. Right. If one of those is our Dr. Strange, then like, it could very easily be a let's travel through the multiverse kind of thing. Yeah, it could be the only thing that actually connects directly to the current MCU, if, if that's the case. Right. And, you know, if so, uh, that uh, it puts it into like, it puts it into a light of like where Kevin Feige said this is the first animated thing in the MCU, like specifically saying this is in the MCU. Yeah. So, like, there has to be some sort of connective tissue there, right? Rather than just, you know, if it's just the voices or whatever and saying like, sure, yeah, this is, these are alternate things, whatever, like mm-hmm. having the people do the voices is just like smart, you know, for, yeah. for bringing fans in. But like, if they actually have it connected with, uh, with, uh, one of the characters, Dr. Strange is the one that makes the most sense. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I love it. Thanks Steel. That's a, that's a good idea. Um, it'd be yep. really cool. I don't know if they're all going to connect that way, but I, at least the Doctor Strange episode may. I'll take as many Doctor Stranges as they want to give me on screen at once. <laughs> <laughs> There's a comic, what if, um, and it's what if Doctor Strange were a disciple of Dormammu. Ooh. Oh, goodness. That's I wonder rough. if that, that's what it is. That could be I wonder it. if that's that's one of them. That's what the dark Doctor the Strange dark is. dark magic. Oh, yeah, I love he's that. He's using different kinds of magic. That could be it. Hey, uh, uh, so it. we need to shut her down here in a second, but Ash, is there anything going on in the chat that you wanted to bring forth, uh, uh, throw this way? Um, a couple things. Um, Sick with it 87, and we're chatting about how Bill Burr would be pretty fun as the thing. <laughs> oh, I would, would absolutely <laughs> love that. 
It's clobbering time. Yeah. His voice is a little high, but. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what would be funny about it. This big lumbering mm-hmm. guy with, yeah, you guys. Yeah, are gonna, yeah. Yeah. Like he has a very high pitched voice. Um, I think he'd be cool. I have never seen him play. If, if we take it to take it seriously, I've never seen him play with much pathos, if that makes sense. Like I've seen right. him do a lot. He, he's a comedian and all yeah. the roles I've seen him play in, in this, this most recent season of Mandalorian. There's a little bit of that. But I don't know. Ben Grimm, he, the like tragedy of Ben Grimm hits me in the feels and I want to I'd like to see that play out played well. Yeah. yeah. After the Mandalorian, though, I would give him a little I would let him I would let him do a screen test. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'd let him wear a little bit of the rig and see if it works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sick with it's kind of been crushing it. 87. And again, he said. Do you guys think Kevin Feige and the other powers that be can keep the momentum of the MCU going for another 10 years? Or do you feel they'll never top the Infinity Saga? Oh, man, that's a tough, that's a tall order because the Infinity Saga was so damn good. Mm-hmm. And I think the issue with that is we don't know what's coming. And because we don't know what's coming up, it it's putting us into this limbo state of like, you know, we don't know what the next big arc is going to be all about mm-hmm. other than like, multiverse is a part of it but you know where do we go from here has been that question that we've been asking ourselves for what over a year at this point um and you know it keeps coming up in our conversations and the short answer is we don't know the long answer is it could be a or the long answer involves is uh it could be a lot of things that could go any direction and we've had a bunch of our what if episodes be about Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. and there's so many directions they could go Hell, they could go all of these directions at once, you know, because like <laughs> Eternals is supposed to be a completely new and different thing. Mm-hmm. They could be over, you know, doing whatever they're doing while over here we've got multiverse going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's yeah, it, the, the universe has grown so big to the point to where they can be doing all of these different things at the same time. It's so true. Like that's a lot of plates in the air, but I they've done such a good job already. We all have Fantastic Four PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep. Nothing stays on top forever. And eventually one day we will have um a problem with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It will not continue to make the perfect things that we've all loved. Um but I think it's got some life in it yet. And I think that the way that they're going about it now, where they're going to be having especially with everyone getting so used to pandemic life and being home, and we're gonna start getting on episode a week drop in the MCU that's actually in the MCU with the actors where you can sit down with your Disney plus and enjoy every week. This it's like the hype train is just going to constantly be going and chugging along under the surface. And then when these big movies happen, they're just a part of this bigger conversation. And it's, I feel like in, in many ways, I feel like what we, the conversation we've been having on this podcast for six years is about to enter the zeitgeist of everyone because we've been having the conversations of like, Oh, what happens if shield connects with this? But now it's like, Oh, that's actually happening. Like these things are actually connecting. And so I think in many ways it, it's going to engender some deeper fans that it hasn't had in the past. Uh, Now, whether it can maintain broad appeal while doing that is that's a whole nother thing. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think that the, you know, you bring up uh, pandemic times. I think that the pandemic and the shutdown and like the loss of content for like a year and a half, almost two, I think that that has done a lot of good, for 
um, for us, you know, the, the society as a whole, because like, you know, we've been without content for so long, we kind of had a, a reset, you know, somebody pushed the reset button. It's definitely so, Marvel has benefited from the fact that no one uh, will uh, like everyone's missing Marvel content. Like for a while, I would have thought we were getting close to saturation with Marvel content, but now it's like right. huge gap has happened and <laughs> give it some time to, to permeate yeah. and kind of spread out. And now we're all just like, come on, give me WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. If one of it had been right after Endgame, we would have been like, all right, another show. And instead we're like, Oh my gosh, it's time. It's so time. We've been waiting. <laughs> yeah. We've been waiting. Bring my friends back. And with all that yeah, being my said, my friends are coming back. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This is all the time we have for feedback today. Uh, we are going to be back with you next week, uh, and then the next, and then with WandaVision. Uh, and we're going to try to start figuring out how we can do these shows on sort of a consistent basis live. Uh, so we'll be announcing that on the show soon so that other people can join live. Because we've right now we're still in very much in... Um, Whenever we can fit in the MCU cast, we do. Um, but I'd love to get this where more of you guys can join us for the live streams because this is a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us, Producer Ash. Oh, thanks for having me. You, you the bomb, you the bomb. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back with you soon. Peace. Bye. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.